Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. With my lentil business, I thought that I had to jump up. You know, I had to immediately get into stores, do all these different things, not knowing that I could start from home. So that was an aha moment for me that my business was doable. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If you've ever dreamed of starting a food business but didn't know where to begin, today you'll get inspiration and practical next steps to help you toward your goal. Have you ever had an idea for a food business? Maybe you make really good banana bread or a jar of homemade granola is your go-to at holiday gift time? Well, there are a few things you need to know about starting a cottage food business. That's a small-scale operation that you can run out of your home kitchen without a license, as long as it meets certain criteria. Today, we're getting a crash course in Florida's cottage food industry from two people who've learned the ins and outs. Charlay Smith is the owner and founder of The Lentil House. It's a Jacksonville-based snack food company that Charlay started after taking a class about cottage food businesses in 2017. The class was run by the University of Florida's Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences, also known as UF-IFAS. And Amarat Simone, PhD, is a professor and food safety specialist with UF-IFAS. She goes by Amy. In our conversation, you'll hear the Lentil House story and learn next steps toward your own cottage food goals. Charlay speaks first. I'm a military spouse. I was married to my husband for 25 years. And right before I started my business, he had passed away on active duty. It was very difficult to have a career as a military spouse when you're moving from duty station to duty station. So I became a teacher because it was a portable career for a military spouse. When my family experienced the loss of my husband, I continued to teach but it wasn't quite the same for me anymore. My last day in class in June of 2017, I had decided that I was gonna step out of the classroom. I wanted to do something different. You know, I've always had the dream of having my own business. I had several businesses before, but it was always to support some kind of cause. And this time I wanted to do something just strictly for me, something that didn't feel like work and and brought joy to my life. And I started reminiscing my last day of school. I started thinking about the times when my mother taught me how to make fried lentils. And it was my favorite snack. It was my family's favorite snack. That last week of school, the teachers, we had a potluck and I brought fried lentils. By the end of the day, when I went to go pick up my dish, it was empty. That made me feel good. I figured that, you know what, I enjoy making lentils. My family, my friends, my coworkers enjoyed the lentils. That that's when I decided that should be a business. How I was going to start that business, I had no idea. As long as I can remember, I have never seen fried lentils in the store. 
you know, I've never seen it sold anywhere. So that's where the idea came from. And we'll talk about how you connected with Dr. Simone shortly and got your idea off the ground. But first, I want to say I'm so sorry for your loss. What was your husband's name and where was he when he passed away? His name was Captain Wesley Smith and he was United States Navy. We were in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. Oh, I'm so sorry. And that's where you live today? Yes. We could talk all day about your story. I am excited that you were able to make something positive out of it. Before we jump into how to start a cottage food business, tell me about fried lentils. I've never had them. What do they taste like? How do you make them? They're really good. My mother, you know, she was always into eating healthy foods and everything. And she was always sharing recipes with friends. And she used to have these little parties where everybody learned from each other how to make certain things. The tradition started with her, but this is a food that is probably a thousand years old and it comes from the Middle Eastern part of the world. It tastes, it's hard to describe. It's it's really good. It's light, it's crispy. If you are a snack, a holic that loves that crunch and flavor, the fried lentils are it. They are very addictive. And the good thing about it is you don't feel guilty when you're eating it. Lentils are a lagoon, so they're in the bean family. They're really good. I, I, there's, there's, I can't even, I can't even give you a description of a taste because there's nothing out there like it. There really isn't. It's just good. You have to trust me. <laughs> we'll just have to try it now. This started as a cottage food business, and I want to bring in Dr. Simone. How does Florida define cottage food businesses? So the cottage food business is certain type of food business that are based at home. Somebody made this in their home kitchen. So that's mean that those food has to be the type of food that do not require time temperature control or have low risk of foodborne illness. So that's the, the simple definition. And so if you want to really look at the real definition, there is a good document that is at the website of the food safety regulator in in Florida. So it just say that when you make cottage food, you have to make it in your home kitchen. You do not have to get any food safety inspection at all. You don't need food safety license. That's why this document tells you what type of food can be produced under this regulation. But sometimes things can be complicated. So, for example, if you make jam and jelly, Traditional jam and jelly or preserve that is made from, let's say, fruit that are acidic, that is definitely qualified under cottage food. However, if you are going to make something that is out of ordinary, for example, you want to make watermelon jelly or watermelon uh, preserve like that, that is not qualified. Other examples of uh, cottage food would be cake, pastry, and you you know then complication comes in if you make uh, pastry with filling that is not going to be under cottage food law. You can make bread, certain type of bread, but if you start putting some things like 
pieces of vegetable in those bread. They are no longer under cottage food. So it sounds like, Charlay, that it's complicated. Now, how did you get connected with the University of Florida's IFAS program to help you navigate all of this? I learned about the program through word of mouth. I had a, a friend of mine whose son had like a little bakery going on. He's a, he's a chef and um, he was just getting started and he had this little underground bakery where he was making baked goods for friends and family and neighbors. They were asking me for advice for how to start a business. She shared a flyer with me about the Home Cottage Business Law course that IFAS was having at the Duval Extension Office here in Jacksonville. And I took the class because I wanted to learn as much as I could to try to help them. And he was going to take the class too. They actually provide a book that we use for the course. And they provide items that you could safely make at home to start a business with. So if you came there and you wanted to start a business but had no idea, they provide you all that information as well as knowing the do's and the don'ts for that. Wow. Program. What was a light bulb moment for you? Well, everything was new for me. So I, I learned a lot, especially, you know, like what Dr. Simone was talking about as far as no, knowing about home cottage businesses. I was thinking, you know, my lentil business that I had to jump up, you know, I had to immediately get into stores, do all these different things, not knowing that I could start from home, doing it from scratch. That was an aha moment for me that my business was doable. It was funny. Initially, when I came into the class, they asked everybody, what is your business? And I told them, I didn't have one. <laughs> I didn't have a business idea because it was an idea. My aha moment was I could actually do this and I didn't have to spend a lot of money starting up. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Dr. Simone, if people create the product at home, whether it's muffins or lentils or what have you, can they sell it out of their house? Or is this something they would take to, say, a farmer's market? Well, there is a set of instruction for cottage food. Yes, you can sell it from home. You can also sell at the farmer's market. And then I think recently they have modified that you can sell it online, but the pickup has to be in person at different locations that you choose. And so these uh, will, let's say, come in play with local regulations. So if you are going to start your cottage food at home, you need to know what kind of uh, neighborhood you are living in because certain neighborhood, they may not allow people to have home-based business. 
And then if you live in different county, you need to really investigate what are the requirements within the county. And in Florida, we have 67 counties and then every county is different. So therefore, you need to think of that. And so when people come to us to say they want to start food business, then we say, okay, where do you live? And then we let them uh, at least learn how to, you know, meet the local regulation, because when you produce cottage food, you have to increase the uses of water, your wastewater, and, and those are some of the things that don't come automatically to people. So when we have people wanting to do cottage food, even if they don't have to have any food safety license, we recommend people to come and take a class or two to learn about food safety and understand some of the basic of food safety and learn a little bit about food business, learn how to, let's say, calculate the cost of production, those type of things, and, and learn you know, sometimes when you make this food, you may have food ingredients that cause food allergies. So you need to be able to label your food products properly so that consumers know what's in the product. We tell people to put themselves in the shoes of consumers. We need to protect the consumers because after all, you are making food that Somebody eat and then you have to think about their health and safety and, and so forth. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot to think about. I mean, my neighbor down the street sells eggs and honey and it's very casual. It's just take the eggs and leave your money in the box and nobody's had any issues. But if someone were to get sick, I don't even want to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, egg is definitely not under cottage food, but there is a small regulation on limit sale, but we are not going to talk about that today. Honey is definitely under cottage food, and honey is also under regular agricultural products. If you sell natural honey, you, you don't have to have any permit. Gotcha. So when does it go from being a cottage food, someone making lentils in her home to something bigger? Right now, there is a ceiling of gross sale of 250000 So if you exceed that amount, you have to go out and have permit. And then the other thing is cottage foods, you can only sell directly to consumers. You cannot do wholesale. You cannot sell to the restaurant. There are lots of regulations to protect people to make sure that circulation is small. But if you really want to expand circulation, for example, sell by mail out of state, those type of things, then you need to go on and have a food permit and have the inspected facility and so forth. But as long as you sell, you deliver the product in person, you take order online, but you deliver in person, you can stick with cottage food law. But the minute you exceed those boundaries, then you have to have food permit and you need to have inspection happen. And then the other thing is people don't know that, well, 
even if there is no food safety regulation, if somebody buy the cottage food products, which by the way have the label of where it is produced, and then if somebody think that they get sick or the food doesn't meet certain standard, the consumers can make a complaint to the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services to complain, and then they can come in your home and inspect and put the stop sale on that. So it's not that you have no food safety regulation that you can do whatever. It's, it's not there is certain mechanism to protect consumers. And at the same time, if your product is doing great, it's very popular, then you can expand the product to broader consumers. But then if you go beyond $250,000 gross sale, then you have to move to the commercial type uh, production. So it sounds like people should take the class in their county to learn all of the ins and outs. Is that the best course of action? Well, definitely. We offer classes. And if you want to start doing anything related to food, we recommend people to learn a thing or two about food safety. I teach classes with some of the county faculty around the state and people would come to me, oh, I learned something new today. I'd never think of that as a food safety thread and and. Things like when you buy a little piece of blender, is that blender cleanable? I have a good picture of certain blender that is not cleanable. You get things stuck in there. And then if you produce something that has, let's say, allergen ingredient, if you produce that thing and then you couldn't wash it, then the next thing you produce, then people can have allergy and that could be bad for your business. Oh, what a nightmare. Okay, you're describing my blender, so I'm not ready to start a smoothie business just yet. As we start to wrap up here, Charlay, briefly take me through the evolution of Lentil House. Where did you start selling and where can people buy your product today? When I was taking the course, they had guest speakers. And so the owner of Down to Earth Farms here in Jacksonville. He was a guest speaker. And, you know, of course, I am I have all these ideas going on in my head. And one of them was, I wonder if I can get him to grow lentils. <laughs> you know, so we were talking about it. And during that time, there used to be an event called Toward the Farm in Jacksonville. It was, a, a, it was a festival so that people can learn about all the farms, the farmers and what they grow and everything, and you can travel from farm to farm for the weekend. So it just so happened, November of of 2017 was toward the farm. He invited me to be a vendor on his farm. That was the very first time I sold lentils, and I sold out. (laughs) But it, it was just something new for everybody. You know, most people know lentils with lentil soup. And then after that, That's when I started having customers from word of mouth from just that event. And so I had Christmas coming along. I had Valentine's Day. I had customers, you know, contacting me to make lentils. But it still wasn't enough to really start, you know, to really say this is going to be a business. So I just opened shop when I got orders, you know, or made to order. I did run into a couple of challenges. It was very difficult, initially difficult to sell to certain markets like the Riverside Arts Market, which is a huge tourist attraction. I couldn't sell there unless I was in a commercial kitchen. 
So sometimes you'll run into issues with that, but I would say don't give up. A local restaurant used to be in existence, but it just recently closed, was called Southern Roots. Favorite place, vegan restaurant. They started a market a couple of years ago during that time that I started that was at Space 42, which is a little gallery. And so I started there. And of course, being in that community, everybody was supporting that. And then that's when I started growing my customer base. We just have a couple minutes left and people are going to hear this and they're going to want to try these lentils. Where can they find you? You can find me at thelentilhouse.com. You can purchase lentils there. I'm also in 30 stores throughout Florida. And then I have a couple of independent grocery stores around the country. That's Wow. She's a mogul. So Dr. Simone, is Lentil House still considered a cottage food business? Well, I think based on the description, I think this is beyond cottage food now because yeah. I think when once it starts into general stores, retail, that, that means that she has gone beyond the cottage food. Now it's this real food business. Well, congratulations on all of your success. And Dr. Simone, thank you so much to you and Charlay for enlightening us. I know a lot of people listening have ideas for a business they'd like to start. So this was a great first step. Thank you both for your time. And congratulations, Charlay, on all your success. Dr. Simone, thank you for all your great advice. Thank you. Charlay Smith is the founder and owner of The Lentil House, and Dr. Amarat Amy Simone is a professor and food safety specialist with UF IFAS. You can find links to both on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Cologne. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network.